I will uh, introduce the topic for the evening. And the topic is very simple, and that is uh, walking in supernatural healing. Walking in supernatural healing. Walking in supernatural healing. Now, Revelation chapter 21, which I believe is the, la no, the second last uh, chapter of Revelation, the Bible says from verse 1, and I read, uh, good. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no, there was no longer any sea. Keep going. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order. Somebody say old order. For the old order of things has passed away. Father, we bless your word and we agree that tonight your word will truly bring light to our feet and be a lamp unto our path. In Jesus' name, amen. We are sharing with a woman of God who is looking at me now after the service. And she was saying, in the morning we beautifully looked at the fact that people have been going through storms. And we, you know, we preached about the storms and we talked about the storms, but we did not give people time to handle the aftermath of those storms. Because a storm may leave you broken. A storm may leave you with some injury. A storm may leave you with some, some kind of bleeding. And if you are not given the chance to really recover from the throne, I mean from the storm, you are healing may not come forth. So we are doing part two of what we should have done in the morning. How many are ready for part two? Now, Revelation, the last verse we have just read, climaxes with a wonderful reality that tears are wiped from the eyes and there is no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying because the old order has passed away. But there is some steps that we need to understand. Before your tears can dry, before mourning can cease, before crying can end, there must be some reality that goes on, which we see from verse 1. And I saw, a man must begin by seeing. Many are sick because they are not seeing. Many are crying because they are not seeing. Many are mourning because they are not seeing. And whatever some of them are seeing is the wrong thing. On Friday we agreed that when a man looks at the cross, there will always be hope and victory. When a man begins to see Jesus bleeding for him, Jesus praying for him, Jesus petitioning the heavenly father for him, it will give him strength. It will give him hope. 
So the first process to healing is very simple. Learn to see, but what you see must be the exalted Lamb of God. The women came to the tomb, and as long as they were stooping low in the tomb, they were crying. What they were looking for was Jesus, but it was Jesus in the wrong place. What they were looking forward to seeing was Jesus, but they were looking forward to seeing Jesus in a lower, defeated place. But thank God, after a while, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, He is not where? He is not here. He is somewhere else. I wonder where you find your Jesus this evening. I wonder where you find your victory this evening. But if your victory is not in the grave, then it should be up in the skies. So after a while, Jesus walks into the room, flying in. And after a while, he flies to heaven. And throughout all the instances of Jesus appearing to them, there was no more pain. There was no more sorrow. There was no more death. Why? The Jesus they were now seeing was an exalted Jesus. Many tonight are seeing a Jesus who is mad, a Jesus who is angry, a Jesus who does not know what is going on. But I want to challenge you this evening in the name of Jesus. See the lifted Jesus. No matter the pain that has been there, see the Son of God exalted. See the Son of God glorified. Hallelujah. So as we'll be celebrating this evening, because this is our month of praise, We'll be celebrating a reality that is already established by faith. What is this reality? The reality that the Son of God has already been revealed. And that we can see Him. And when we see Him, the Bible says, we shall be like Him. There's a brother of mine, friend of mine, used to have a problem with me. Used to tell me, my brother, you are so serious. You rarely smile, you rarely joke, you rarely dance. And I told him, pray for me. And he prayed for me, and no miracle happened. There are sometimes you get prayers, but nothing happens. Why? Because the Lord wants you to be transformed. He wants you to go through a metamorphosis, a transformation, a turning over. So the Lord told me, the way to have joy, and to be easy, and to be light, is always to see me, and don't see the storm. This evening, some of you are shaking, some of you are crying, not because the Lord is not able to help you, but because you are yet to see Him. I know there is this squabble, there is this difficulty, maybe in your body, maybe in your relationship, maybe wherever it is in your finances, but the Lord is asking you, can you see? And this evening, just like we did on Friday, by the grace of God, we are going to confess that, Lord Jesus, we are seeing you. And because we are seeing you, we are celebrating you by faith. Hallelujah. The next thing John says here, And I saw a new heaven. Allow me to regress a bit to the book of Joshua. Joshua is about to face Jericho. Jericho, after that, is about to fall. But the Joshua, before he could face Jericho, an encounter happened. But this is what the Bible says very clearly. And Joshua lifted up his eyes. And when he lifted up his eyes, he saw the commander of the host. Meaning before the commander was revealed, Joshua's eyes were low. So he had to lift them up. 
And sometimes you just have to, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, set your mind on things above. You have to set it like somebody setting a TV. You remember those days of, turn it, no, 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 ah, it is, it is rice again, turn it, turn it, ah, ah, ah. And you, you keep playing with that thing till the aerial is clear. Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, now that you have been raised with Jesus, set your mind, tune your mind. To the things above, not the things below. I wish I had the license of a preacher to say, the commander of the army was always waiting for Joshua to lift his eyes so that he could see him. Now why am I using that example of Joshua? Listen to me. When you have an enemy to face, an enemy who if you play around may also finish you, will your heart be at peace? No. And if you are the type to have blood pressure, you will have it. If you are the type now for your, for your diabetes now to accelerate, it will accelerate. If you are the type to have headache, you will have headache. And all this time, the solution is simple. You don't even need somebody to lay hands on you to receive healing. You only need to lift your eyes and see the solution. I want to tell you people of God, the solution is in seeing the Lord. And how do you see him? You have to deliberately decide, I am looking to Jesus. I am setting my mind on Jesus. So John, the Bible says, saw. And this is what he saw. I read in my version here, the Bible says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I love the Bible because it has meaning attached to everything. Before there can be earth, there is heaven. In the beginning, God created the heavens, after that, and the earth. And many people are trying to twist the earth to change so that they can report to heaven and say, Heaven, thank you, the earth has changed. No, it is heaven, then earth. It is above, then below. It is upstairs, then downstairs. Our God works from up down because he stays up. He can only work from where he lives. I want to challenge you people. The Lord has already decreed that if you will open your eyes, there will be a new heaven and consequently there will be a new earth. Why are some people sick this evening in their hearts. Why are some people bleeding? Because they are not seeing any new heaven or any new earth. The more you see the same old things, the more you become sick and sometimes tired. And is it possible for the Lord to give you a new heaven and a new earth? Yes, but it depends on whether you are going to see it. And this evening, we are going to command new heavens. And we are going to command new earth. But after that, we are also going to choose to see new heaven and a new earth consistently. Now listen to me. Moses is a sheep, uh, a shepherd. He's taking care of the sheep. He's taking care of the flock. And from day one to day two to day three to day twenty to year one to year two to year two to, th- to year forty, Moses is doing the same same thing. Was it sickening? Yes, it was sickening. Was it tiresome? Yes, it was tiresome. One day, somebody say one day. 
One day, Moses did not get an invitation in the email. Some of you are waiting for emails, eh? <laughs> Moses did not get an SMS. Moses did not even get a phone call. Moses simply lifted his eyes and he saw a bush burning. Out of his eyes came a new mission. Out of his eyes came a new mandate. And that is how his life was moved from the thickening roundabout that he was forcing to the new thing God wanted with him. I repeat to you people of God, healing is not just a miracle that happens. Healing is a reality you can carry with you. Healing is a condition you can carry with you. Healing is a reality you can cultivate. And sometimes you can pray, Oh God, give this lady a new job. Oh God, give this lady new friends. But the friends are not in your environment. They are in your eyes. You have to see them in a new way. You have to see them in a new heaven, in a new earth. You have to open your eyes and see them. And as a young man, I love new things. And nothing warms the heart like new things. And especially for ladies, new clothes, new hairstyle. It makes you feel fresh. And if you are feeling bored, you feel now, mm, I, I can now go to town. New things bring healing. And every day, Romans 13 tells us, let us renew. The word new again is there. Let us renew our minds. The more your mind is renewed, to see things from the angle you are not seeing them, to understand them from angles you are not understanding them, the more there will be healing, the more there will be allness. Some are sick not because some demons of sickness have been thrown to them. Some are sick because their minds have not seen new things. Their minds have not yet been renewed. When, most, when um, John is lying on the island of, of Patmos and is looking to the physical heaven, the physical heavens were still the same. The physical earth was still the same. Only John was different. One of the things that is going to make you to have healing is when you realize it comes back to you as an individual. It comes back to you. The earth is still the same. The Romans who are ruling are still ruling on the land. They are still in charge of the political system. But this man called John has already seen something new. He has already forgotten about the regime. He has already forgotten about the environment. He is now looking at him and his God. And what he is seeing with his God is totally new. Why are some people sick? They are sick because they are looking at the systems and the officials and the, and the structures and they are not seeing the hidden hand of God, the hidden plan of God that is above the systems, that is above the structures. The Romans were still in charge, but most, I mean, John was not seeing the Romans. He was seeing the new heaven or the new order of heaven that God was bringing on earth. Assume one of these boys is my friend, or my son, or my neighbor. And I want to look at him and just feel healed and sweet and good. This is what I will do. I will begin to ask the Lord, show me something I've never seen about this boy. And when I see it, my heart will begin to be healed. I repeat to you, new things heal, new things refresh. 
Just seeing an uncle of this boy I've never seen, it will give me stamina. It will give me strength. The boy may not change, but me, I have changed. The boy may not change, but my eyes have changed. How much wealth Abraham had purely depended on how far he saw. Abraham was told, lift your eyes and see. Whatever you can see, you will become. So Abraham lifted his eyes. At this in Africa, he could have possessed even Africa. <laughs> and when this man is being told, lift your eyes and see, he is in a tent in the heat of the desert. Nothing in the physical had changed. But in the inside, he already owned a half of the continent of Asia. Many are stranded financially, not because of the bank or the Mpesa or Safaricom or any of these things, but because their eyes have not overtaken their environment. One time Donald Trump, I know some of you don't like him, don't bother. One time Donald Trump has been told, you are officially bankrupt, your businesses under, your name under, everything about you under, no more future for you. Trump, shut it down, go back to Queens where you are born, and have a peaceful retirement. He called a board meeting, and the members of the board knew today we are going now to close it up. We are going to be told no more board positions. Trump did the opposite. He told them, guys, do you have your pens, your whatever you need to write? This is the vision. And he began to multiply his companies ten times. He told them they are taking away that building. Good. We are going to build ten such buildings. And anything they were taking away from him, he was busy building. Not just by wishing in his head, but by saying with his mouth. Within a year, he bounced back. Within a year, some of those people had left the board were embarrassed to request to be brought back. Money is not about the sweat. Money is about the sight. What are you seeing? Structures must be seen. A new heaven and a new earth must be seen. But for it to be seen, the old one must pass away. This morning, I mean this afternoon when I, I went to home to pray, to pray, wait on the Lord. The Lord told me, my son, one of the things that will accelerate healing for you and for the people of God is when you discover life is not about you. Life is about the people God loves the same way he loves you. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we are comforted so that we can comfort those who are in discomfort. Our comfort is tied to the comfort of another person. Our healing is tied to the healing of another person. Therefore, sometimes when the pain is there, what you do, you ask the Lord to show you your constituency, if I may call it that. Why do people work hard to go to medical school like I worked hard? People work hard because they are seeing patients they are going to treat. Cynthia. Till you see those patients and you are treating them and you are, you, are, you, are, you are literally in your lab coat dispensing medicine, you will not wake up to work. There's a friend of mine who usually comes to this church. He told me when we were in high school together, my brother, even if I go to sweep the hospital, I must work in the hospital. 
And the brother took all the biology books. He read them going forward and going backwards. Then going forwards again, then going backwards. And he told me, if I ever get anything less than an A in biology, then it was not an exam. The man kept seeing the hospital. He kept seeing it and seeing it. And the more he was working hard, the more he kept feeling the need to work hard because what he was seeing was bigger than him. John is in a corrupt Roman system, but he steps out of the corrupt system and he goes to a new heaven, he goes to a new earth. No wonder after all was said and done, John had a Bible to write while the Roman officials just had a salary and a pension to take, which made them to be forgotten by history. History is not for those who draw pensions and salaries. History is those who go beyond the systems that even produces pensions and salaries. Healing, I repeat, is not a mystery. It is a condition. It is a state of your heart. It is a state of your spirit. Do you see people needing what you are crying for? Then stop crying for yourself only. Cry also for them. We will be comforted as much as we are committed to comforting those who need comfort. Allow me to say by the Holy Spirit, the quicker you accept your mandate, the quicker your healing will manifest. The quicker you accept that, Lord, now I'm not just going to pray for my heart to heal, I am going to pray for the hearts of my brothers to heal. If possible, I want to make I want to go and make it happen for them. The quicker you begin to see the big picture and you begin to beg God to give you an opportunity to go and actualize it, the better. A woman came to me one time. The husband had cheated on her, even contacted her, uh, you know, venereal diseases. And she was so devastated. She was so wounded. I think you were talking with her even last night. And I knew this one is damaged. Because even her, she was almost contacting the same disease through the husband. And I told her, my sister, if I, began, if I begin to rebuke bitterness in you and confusion in you, we will pray till we have no more prayer. This is what I want you to do. And some of you may have to do it, not necessarily in the area of marriage, but even in the area of finances. I told her, imagine that young girl out there, married less than an year having no idea what to do with such a mess like yours. Won't you wish to go and be a champion to such? Won't you wish to go in your closet, even before you meet them physically, and lift a prayer to heaven for them? I told her, if we sit down and we mention the name of this fellow, and we circle our pain around him and around him and around him, your healing will delay but if now you realize this is a beating that not only me I am taking, but there are some other vulnerable people than me who are taking it, your healing will speed up. And she began to pray and even fast and to mention people who may be in a similar position. One month did not pass. With my physical eyes, I saw three young women being brought to God, being brought by God to her. And the Lord began to use her now to heal them and cheer them up. Initially, what was it? Me, me, me. My pain, my pain, my pain. My situation, my situation, my situation. After a while, she discovered, eh, eh, we are in this together. 
I can pray more selfless prayers. I can see a more holistic vision. And therefore, the Lord, because he needs me in the, in the, in the field, I can now be speeded up to go and be healed. One of the people, I think some of you know, the government gives accelerated training at our military forces. The military does not take 10 years or 6. It is doctors who take 6 years, sometimes 10. But the military cannot go beyond 3 years. The police, I think it is 6 months, or is it 9? 6 months. 6 months! Chua, 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 and they are released. Why? We need them. If we delay them, our society will bend over. It will spin over. And sometimes, my brother, my sister, when you discover how urgent your mission is, you will now negotiate with God and you will agree in your mind, I cannot stay in this pain. For the sake of those who are paining like me, I have to step out there and carry out this healing in the name of Jesus. And sometimes when you discover there are so many people in financial embarrassment, in financial difficulty, you will stop just praying about your bills and you tell God, God for their sake, give me whatever I need so that I am not only delivered in this mess, but I can go and deliver others. Moving on so that we get to ministry. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Somebody say see. Did I hear you see? The sea is a symbol of instability. The sea is a symbol of uncertainty. The sea is a symbol of back and forth. Back and forth. The sea is a symbol of hopelessness. One time when they were taking the slaves from Africa to the United States and all these places... They say in history, over a third died simply because of the terror of the sea. They could look this way, look that way, and they are only seeing nothing but the sea. And terror could save them, and they could just die. The sea is a symbol of hopelessness. In the book of Revelation and in the entire Bible, the sea stands for the Gentiles, while the land stands for Israel. Because only in Israel is there order and principle. The Gentiles have no principle. The Gentiles have no order. The Gentiles are a symbol of the sea. Or rather the sea is a symbol of the Gentiles. The Gentiles do not have principles. They do not have a stand. They do not have a way forward. No wonder they are always sick. No wonder they are always killing each other. No wonder they are always devaluing themselves. No wonder they are always in constant turmoil. The sea is a sign of constant now, I hope you understand why the Bible says there was no longer what? Sea. Sea is not Indian Ocean, no. Indian Ocean is a picture to teach us something deeper. Oh, I feel the sword in my hand. Now, listen to me. Some of you will just be healed by stepping out of the sea. Come out of whatever has no principles. Come out of whatever has no order. Come out of whatever has no direction. Come out of whatever is not stable. Just come out. Maybe there are unstable thoughts. Maybe there are unstable emotions. Maybe there are unstable connections. Just come out of them. Because when there is no more sea, there is no more confusion. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. John looks at the sea and he sees it vanishing. When he goes to heaven and he sees a sea of glass, what did he see? He saw it was silent. It was straight. It was orderly. It was firm. There was no more shakiness in that glass. And people of God, we can believe God that our emotions will not be on the sea. Are you hearing me? That our money or our finances will not be on the sea. That our thought system will not be on the sea. Because the sea is the place of instability. And nothing brings damage like the sea. Nothing brings instability like the sea. Remember, I have told you, healing is not when we come and lay hands on you. Healing is sometimes what you choose to carry in you. You refuse instability. And what do you do like the preacher was telling us in the morning when you are in the sea? Either you swim, if you don't know how to swim, bang on something, you know, hang on something till you are out of the sea. Because the sea is a place of death. And sometimes all you need to do, come out of those that are making you to die. Just come out. A woman used to tell me, I'll die, I'll die, I'll die. And she told me for two years, but I kept rebuking her, you'll not die. She, I'll die. Me, me, I'll die. Me, I'll die. Ah, we buried her. And there were those of death that were assaulting her, and she swam in them, and, you know, played with those thoughts before she knew it. The thoughts had taken the better of her. But people of God, the land has a responsibility the sea does not have. You cannot put a boundary on the sea. But you can put a boundary on the land. And God will not put the, put the boundary for you. You love to put it for yourself. Remember, what are we doing? We are carrying sustainable healing. A healing that reposed to our doorstep and does not leave us. So, previously it was no man's land. Everybody does what they want. They cut in, they get out. They speak, they don't speak. They move, they don't move. Whatever they wanted to do, they could do because there was no territory. Now that you are on land, <laughs> you decide, Lord, I am now on land. I will fence my territory. I will fence my territory. Somebody put your hand on your head. That is the first territory. What do we put there? Helmet of salvation. What do we put there? The helmet of salvation. Touch your heart. What do we put there? Breastplate of righteousness. What do we put around your waist? Belt of truth. What do we put in your, in your feet? Shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. And do you carry your hand like this? You must carry something. So by faith, what do we put there? The sword of the spirit. What of the other hand? Does it remain idle? No. What do you take there? Shield of faith. And every day you wake up, you say, Lord, I am going to my territory. My land as defense. And you put your head under the salvation. You put your heart under righteousness. You put your feelings under the truth. You put your feet in the readiness of the gospel of peace. And you take the shield of faith. And every day they are trying to take your territory. They find this territory is a land territory. It has order. It has stability. It has a future. People of God. The sea is easy. Because you can just swim in the sea, you can just fish any owl in the sea, you can call for the other boats to come in the sea. 
but land. Land has a duty. And we need to base our healing on the land. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we are going to take that responsibility before we finish. Chapter two, verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. I, John, saw the city, but it was coming out of God. Many other things we are going to see, but till they are coming out of God, they will take us back to the sea. Many other things we will hear, but if they are not coming out of God, they will take us back to the sea. Many other things we will try to experience or we will experience, but if they are not coming from God, they will take us back to the sea. And I want you to lift your right hand before we continue and say with me, Father in Jesus' name, Take me out of the sea. Bring me to the land. The land of the living. In Jesus' name. Amen. The city is coming down from heaven. But it is coming from God. And sometimes you need to ask your pain. Where are you coming from? <laughs> John did not just see a city and say, Wow! There goes the city. He was careful to ask. Where are you coming from? And the city was coming from God. And a woman of God whom I love told me, My brother, if God does not give it to me, I don't want it, however good it is. Those who receive from God cannot be sick. Those who receive it from heaven cannot be sick. And sometimes, one of the ways to end warfare is to say, Lord, did I get my salvation from man or from heaven? If it was from heaven, then whatever does not come from heaven must bow and go. Lord, did I get my spouse from heaven or from myself? If it was from heaven, let heaven defend what came from it. Lord, did I get my business or my vision from heaven or was it from men? If it, was, it is from heaven, let heaven defend itself. Isaac was a, was, a, was, a, was a project from heaven. No wonder the knife could not pierce him. When the knife was about to pierce Isaac, the knife was told, no, this one came from heaven. So the lamb had to be revealed. Ishmael was from the bedroom talk of a frustrated woman versus a frustrated man. And as a result, Ishmael had to go to the desert and perish in the desert. Why are people scared? They are scared because they are yet to know where their thing came from. Paul says, I received from the Lord what I declared to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was crucified, he took bread. I received from God. Not from books, though he was a very learned man. Not from a committee, though there was a heavy committee he used to sit on as a young man. He received it from God. I want to ask you a question. That peace that you have, was it from heaven or from, or, 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 or from, or, or from other places? If it was from heaven, let heaven defend it. That joy that you have, let heaven defend it. And if it is a fake joy, let it go out 
and let the real joy come in the name of Jesus. Listen to me. Heaven is so pure. Heaven is so perfect. No wonder heaven is mentioned before the bride is mentioned. I repeat. Heaven is so pure. Heaven is so perfect. No wonder we don't have the bride, then heaven. We have heaven. And then after that, we have the bride. Have you ever gone to a wedding where the bride was sick of a terminal disease and had to be pushed to the altar? Maybe if you show me in the internet, I'll believe. Before a bride is adorned, there must be an environment of perfection and beauty and sweetness. Then she can be released. And sometimes what you need to do with your projects, before you release them, saturate them in heaven. Saturate them in the presence. And then now there are any devil to come and touch them. The devils will be rebuked. Moses receives a calling from heaven. And he told Moses, you are a prophet from today and Aaron is going to assist you. When Moses dies, the devil comes now to battle with his body and to take his body away. The Bible says in the book of Jude, the Lord rebuked Satan. The angel who came to take the body of Moses said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Why? This man plus the body you see plus the calling you see did not come from an idea of man. This one came from heaven. And sometimes what you need to do, you need to dedicate your thoughts and your programs and everything about you dedicated to heaven. When the storms come, when the sea tries to run you over, you lift your finger to heaven and say, Heaven, I got this from you. Come and defend what is yours. I believe all of you sit here with the children. Your children came from heaven. Therefore, Heaven has a role. Heaven has a duty to defend them. Do not cry anymore about your children. You have a source from where they came. Concentrate on your source. And let the source meet the other source. Are you hearing me? Some of you here with business ideas and you know proposals you are up to, remember where they came from. And if you are not sure, do not worry. Take your time. Wait on the Lord. The Lord will give you the clarity. And why are many Christians easily shaken, easily offended, easily confused? It's because they have not yet solidified their identity. Your identity is hidden in Christ in God. Far above principalities and powers. But if you forget the place of your identity, you will be run over. There is beauty when we know heaven. There is perfection when we know heaven. The Bible says it was prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. There is a beauty and a perfection and a preparation when we have spent time in the presence of heaven. Mostly in prayer, in worship and in praise. One time we were recruiting people when I used to work somewhere as a boss. And people could come like even 50 or 60. And me and my friends or my colleagues at work, we knew this one has sought the face of God. This one has not sought the face of God. Why? Because those ones who had sought the face of God, they had a readiness and a, a, you know, an ease and a beauty and a sweetness you could not just shake away. 
The other time I was talking to a friend of mine who went to an interview. She was telling me, when I went to that interview, the Lord had told me to wake up at 3 a.m. to wait on him. I overslept until 8. When I arrived, I was told, even before I was asked my name, you are not ready for this job. I looked ugly and unprepared and out of place. Why? I carried an atmosphere of condemnation into the opportunity. People of God, let's prioritize heaven. Verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. When people are still in the sea, being shaken, when people are still feeling ugly, feeling unworthy, feeling unprepared, when people have not marked their territory by putting on the full armor of God, even if God forced himself on them, they may not be ready to host God. So God is waiting, coming to dwell with these people. But because they are still in the sea, because they have still not marked their territory by putting on the whole armor of God, because they are yet to be ready, because they are yet to wait on God and touch heaven, they cannot host God. And this evening as we go into that zone of praise, of prayer, and everything you are going to do in this service, I want to charge you people. Learn how to host God. Tell your neighbor, learn how to host God. We don't prepare for our visitors when they arrive. We prepare them for them before they come. And sometimes you are saying, Lord, send your spirit from heaven. But where is the preparation? Where is the full armor of God? Where is the cutting off from every storm of the sea? Where is it? Healing happens. Not just when God touches you, but when God is living with you. Do you know why? Because some things will take time before they are fully healed and fully restored. You need to concentrate more on the healer, not the healing. Some things took 20 years to damage. Now you want them done and undone in two minutes? No. It may take maybe a few weeks or a few months. Therefore, to get that prescription right in the system, get the healer, and the healing will happen on its own. John sees men and God dwelling together. Now, that means, my dear brothers and sisters, we can go in warfare when the need comes and quote this scripture, Revelation 21.3, that says God will dwell with men. Not demons dwelling with men. God dwelling with men. Therefore, Satan, because it is written God will dwell with men, you have to leave men alone. You can pray that prayer for your neighbor. You can pray that prayer for yourself. You can pray it even for this nation. And I can guarantee you, the Lord will answer. Final scripture, I mean in verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crime neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away let me surprise you 
Do not rush to tell God to wipe tears away. Do not rush to tell God to remove death or sorrow or crying. Those are just symptoms. The real disease is called the former things. <laughs> the former things include former memories. The former things include former uh, circumstances. The former things include the past history, maybe in your workplace. These are the roots that will push you to sickness. As long as you have lifted them to Jesus and told the Lord, remove them, be assured, tears will be no more, death, sorrow, and crying will be no more. So, as we prepare to minister to the Lord, and eventually we minister to you, I want to challenge you. Those former things, let them go away. We have a new thing, it is called the cross of Calvary. We have a new thing. Some of you are so tired, even if I tell you we have a new thing, you are like, hmm. <laughs> Allow me to repeat myself briefly. Do you know, dear children of God, that all that fracas going on, much of it is in your head, and in your heart, and in your feelings, and in your feet, and in your hands, and on the other hand. And as long as you can shod your head properly, tighten the helmet properly, tighten the belt properly, put on the shoes properly, there will be order suddenly out of this order. No wonder you can now say the former things are going away. This is what you are going to do this evening. This is what you are going to do this evening. We are going first of all to appreciate one reality that the Lord Jesus has already willed for us to be healed and to be whole. He has already desired it. He has written about it. He has even died about it. Therefore, we can only but manifest it. Again, the Lord Jesus has not only wanted us to be healed, the Lord has already paid the price for us to come out of the sea onto dry land. And therefore, all we can do is to appreciate him for the dry land. And listen to me. This is what we did on Friday. We tried to claim what had been lost. We tried to gather back the spoils. We are going to gather the spoils we have lost on the sea. When there was that confusion, when there was that anxiety, you lost your peace, you lost your joy, you lost your confidence, we are going to grab it back and bring it to the land. Nothing is going to be remaining in the sea. And some of you, in the process of the sea, you lost even your name. That must be taken and brought to dry land. And we are going to do it by faith. We are going to do it by faith, knowing that those who see by faith shall become what they see by the same faith. But again, there's another thing we are going to do. We are going to be men and women who from today lift their eyes up. The Bible says, and I lifted my eyes and I saw. And after that, I opened my eyes or I lifted my eyes and I saw. Till you open your eyes, these things will just be theory. So we are also going to thank the Lord for eyes that see and ears that do what? That hear. 
Because men are a product of what they see. Men are a product sometimes also of what they hear. Oh, by the way, those of you who <laughs> in the past you saw the wrong things, we are going to disconnect from those wrong things. Because if you saw wrong things, your life also begins to become wrong. When you hear the wrong things, your life also becomes to be wrong. But now we are going to tilt our ears to hear the right things. Tilt our eyes to see the right thing. How many believe with me that it is the will of the Lord for them to be not only healed, but to be all? You believe it. And how many feel tonight there is a new heaven and a new earth? And that under that new heaven, under that new earth, new things are going to happen to our lives. I believe it. I believe it. And the Lord, I believe, is putting in mind to tell you, do not fear. It is His will to reveal the new heaven, to reveal the new earth. But it is also your responsibility to tune to it. By tuning or fixing your mind on that new heaven, and on that new earth. Thank you Holy Spirit. Lift your hands everybody. And say after me. Father in the name of Jesus. A new heaven. And a new earth. I begin to perceive it. I begin to enter into it. And I forbid. Any old thing. To enter into the new heaven. And to enter into the new earth in this season of my life. I forbid the old patterns. I forbid the old realities. I forbid the old systems to cross over into my new heaven. Into my new earth. Thank you Lord. Lift your eyes again. Say after me in the name of Jesus. I speak to my eyes. I lift them above the terrains. I lift them above the hills and the mountains. I speak newness into my eyes. I command my eyes to see anew. To see anew. To perceive anew. In the name of Jesus. I will no longer be blind. I will walk by faith and by revelation in Christ Jesus. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people right now. In the name of Jesus, let hope begin to rise within their spirit. Let them begin to see new possibilities. Let them begin to see new openings. So that every pain they have had in their heart may be removed in the name of Jesus. So that every pain they have felt in their circumstances may live forever in the name of Jesus. Another thing we want to thank God for is peace. The Bible says there now, Romans 16, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And some of you, it is all you needed. Just that peace. That's just joy. When peace is there, Satan is crushed. When joy is there, strength comes. So lift your hands and say with me, in the name of Jesus, I receive my joy to be above every weakness. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. I receive Jesus as my peace. And I rise above every Satan, every devil. They are going to be crushed. 
Now people of God, we are going to praise God. But this is why you are praising God. Because we have not prayed in vain. We have not had the word of God in vain. We are praising God because the entrance of the word of God has already created for us the victory. We are going to praise God because already the blind man can see. Already those in the old earth are dwelling in a new earth. Already those who are under oppressive heavens are now under light heavens. I don't know about you, but that is what I feel in my spirit. Those who are under oppressive elements of the heavens, they are coming under a new heaven in the name of Jesus. And we are going to celebrate it. And after that, I tell you the truth. If you will hold on to the word of God with all of your heart, it will begin to produce for you. The Lord is saying, I am making everything new. Let go of the old. Just let it go. The old cannot come to the future. I want us to lift Jesus up. Because where he is, we are going to join him there by faith. As he is lifted, so shall we be lifted. As he is revealed, so shall we be revealed. And why are we lifting him up? Because apparently there are things that have tried to bring him down. And have hurt us. And have made us to be worn out. And we are going to take charge of those things. Not by mentioning them, but by mentioning him. You know when the apostle was speaking to us about coming from heaven, Isaac coming from heaven. Something came into my spirit. The question I need to ask you, where are you from? Where are you from? Do you know you are from heaven? Amen. You are from heaven. That's where you originated. From the very beginning. Therefore, do, don't think about heaven as an abstract place. Heaven is already within you. If only you can project and know that you are from heaven. And actually that heaven lives within you. Why do I say so, Apostle? What Jesus did what did Jesus say to the disciples? And I'm saying this because I feel there's a place in the next few minutes that we need to go before we leave. As we even before we as we sing that song, there's a place that you and I need to go. But you cannot go there when you do not know. And the problem is that many of us do not know. We still think that we are just normal, ordinary Kenyans who live on earth in a territory called Kenya. Yet, you are not. You are from above. You are from above. You are not from Karachunu. You are not from Gashoka. You are not from Kangema, Mazioya, Mugoiri. And those are the places you are from above. And the Lord has been waiting. When will these children of mine know themselves? The day you will know yourself, and that's what the apostle is trying to push you, you will know that when you are from heaven, 
The earth cannot contain you. The earth cannot dictate to you. The earth cannot manage you. For it is you who manages everything else. Praise the Lord. Hear what the Lord told the disciples. John John 15 or 14. Yeah, I'm there. If you love me, from verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I'll pray the Father and he will give you another helper. How many of you have another helper? That he may abide in you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Please note what Jesus is saying. Yes, he is going, but he is telling you, I will not leave you. I will come to you. You know, many of us, when you think about Jesus, we are thinking about Jesus in heaven. Praise the Lord. And Jesus said, I will come to you. Does, does the word of God lie? No. So whom was he coming to? To you. So where does he dwell? Do you know it is true that Jesus dwells in us? But because we never believe it, we never receive the benefits of him dwelling in us. Yet he is here, even now as we speak. Amen? Where was I? To verse 18. I will not leave you, oh sorry, I will come to you. 19. A little while, a little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Do you understand what he's saying? Physically, the world can see me now. But in a little while, I will cease to be physical. The world cannot see me. But you will continue to see me. And that day you will know that I am in the Father. And you in me, and I in you. Please note, in, I, in that day you will know that I am in the Father. That's Jesus saying that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now do you see why I thought you are from heaven? Praise the Lord. Some of you are looking at me wondering, Pastor, unasema nini? You go and read this text and read it with the spiritual eyes. Yeah? If you see it from today, you will stop calling yourself another Kenyan. Because you are not. You are from heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. You only happen to be living in Kenya for now. But you are a citizen of heaven. And your heaven is with you. You walk with it. You are with your heaven. Praise the Lord. Suppose you got saved and you never praise God that, hey, by the way I'm saved, by the way I'm no longer of the world, now I'm of heaven. By the way, the issues of the world cannot bother me anymore. Only heaven can bother me. By the way, the issues of the present life cannot control me. Only the future and what it holds can now dictate on me. Do you know what you'll do? You'll begin to smile. Then you'll begin to clap. Then you'll begin to celebrate. Then you begin to thank God. 
And when you are done doing that, you will do it again and again. And the more you focus on your new birth, your new identity, the more it will grow.